Hello. Hey, Miss Gordon, just Tony Garrett. How you doing? I'm doing okay. How about yourself? I'm doing well. You got a few minutes to talk? Yes, sir. Hey, yo, Nick, running back. Welcome to Central Alabama Crime Stoppers Podcast. Crime Stoppers is a nonprofit organization serving the state of Alabama to bring together law enforcement, media, and the community in the fight to stop, solve, and prevent crime. Now, let's start the show. Welcome, welcome to the Crime Stoppers Podcast. I'm your host, Jerome Jones, joined by... I'm Tony Garrett, the Executive Director of Central Alabama Crime Stoppers. All right, today we're talking about the case of Keyshawn Gardner, shot and killed on June 28th on Oakley Road. That's in the Regency Park neighborhood. And this this crime took place in broad daylight on a Sunday. Uh, Tony, what could you tell us about this crime? Well, according to the victim, uh, a victim's family, uh, they're saying that uh, a lot of people are around, possible witnesses. Just no one's coming forward. Police, they've I think they have information, but I don't think it's enough to make an actual arrest. Someone's holding on to just a little bit of information that may be enough to go ahead and indict someone on this crime. Do you think that people in the community are uh, afraid to come forward with information like this? Because through Crime Stoppers, they don't have to have their identity revealed. No, they can always remain anonymous. They can call us. They still remain anonymous. They can download an app or go to the website. And they can give us their information and remain anonymous. The great thing about the app, they can actually communicate with the investigator and the investigator can communicate with them in real time and go back and forth with any type of follow-up questions. Well, today we're speaking with Miss Molly Gardner. That is her son. This crime still remains open. We also have Councilman Arande Mitchell. This crime took place in his district, and he's taking extra steps to try to help law enforcement solve this. So let's get into our call with Miss Molly Gardner, mother of Keyshawn Gardner. What could you tell me a little bit about the circumstances surrounding that crime? I was at home cooking breakfast, waiting on him to come. My phone was off, and I got an extension. I called to get an extension. My phone just got beeping, beeping, beeping. Test messages coming through saying, Casey. Been got shot. I didn't know what to do, so when I got to recent park, I went to the hotel that he was staying at for the weekend, and my sister called and my niece called and said it happened in recent park. So we turned in recent park. I seen the cars going slow, and I was told, okay, my son had been shot because I seen my my oldest daughter. I seen the yellow tape and I seen the fire trucks and paramedics and all that. So I was asking the detectives and the police, could they please tell me? Is that my son or not? And everybody was hush hush. They didn't say nothing. I was like, could you please tell me that's my son? Did nobody come? So my daughter said, Mama, that's he in the house. That was him. They said he was shot. So I asked them, could I go and verify to see to see my child? Everybody ignored me. The police and detectives, they ignored me. So the paramedics was there one of the guys that know me due to my illness, he checked me out. My pressure was up. So he told me, have a seat. I said, I got to find out what's wrong with my son. So kind of find out. Everybody still ignored me. When the chief came, I'm still trying to find out, could they tell me that's my son or not? All right. They were right. Ma'am, your son had been taken to the hospital, but we don't know which one. You have to go to the hospital, but we don't know which one. Not knowing we've been there 
the ambulance and everything is still there. Paramedics, everything is still there. But they lied to me and said my son was taken to the hospital, but they didn't know which one. What are you hearing on the street? I'm hearing on the streets. The female that was with him, they didn't take her down for question. They questioned her on the scene. She met us that same day, me and my daughters. She told us one different story. She told detectives one. She told everybody else one, but she told the people in. She told us that they was walking to my house, but they stopped at daddy's house. And they was in the yard. His daddy got a 15 yard. They was in the yard. And as they was in the yard, his daddy was sitting on the porch. And two guys came from the opposite direction in a white car, bagged up in the daddy's driveway. The driver got out with dreads. Passenger who had a low haircut. The passenger had a white mask and the driver had a black mask. And she moved out the way. And my son threw up his hands and and he pulled off. Now, that's what she told us. But she told everybody else something different. But the word got out in Red Line Apartments that she sat him up. She sat the F nigga up. And he, he deserved what he got. Okay, I called the detective that's handling the case and let her know what she said. So it got back to me and my kids. And we called the detective and let her know what he said. I don't know why they shot my son, murdered my son. My son didn't bother nobody. He didn't hang with nobody. He didn't deal with nobody. I just want to know why. I need justice for my son, me, and my kids. Everybody that know my son, my kids, all five of my kids, and me, they know my kids don't bother nobody. My son didn't hang with nobody to, for nobody to bother. He didn't have no record. Only thing he had is a juvenile misbehaving in school. Only thing he has an adult tickets. Nothing, no burglary, no murder, no shooting at nobody, robbing, breaking, and none of that. And I raised all five of my kids by myself. Do you think someone close to your son has an idea of who might have did this or who could be responsible? Yes, sir. I got that gut feeling like a twin, they identical twin. I got that gut feeling, feeling in my stomach that it's going to turn out to be somebody that don't spend the night at my house, probably don't go up with my kid, somebody that my son hang with or hung with every day, somebody I done babysit as a child, wipe their tail. It's going to end up to be one of those. So someone's out there holding on to some information, and all they need yes. to do is just call us. And yes, and, and, and somebody seen something because it happened at 11.44 a.m. that morning. People out there in their grass, they sit outside on their porch. But as soon as 2 and 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning come, they get the shooting out there. They call the police. They give the police description of the car, the person name, and everything. That's when you're supposed to be asleep. Tell us a little bit more about your son. My son had saying. just turned 30. He didn't have no kids. He left behind two sisters and two brothers. He was my fourth born out of five. He left behind 13 nieces and nephews, 10 nieces and three nephews. It's torn my family apart. My baby girl, his baby sister, she's going to be 27. She don't come around no more. She don't want to go to the grave. She don't want to hear nobody talking about it. None of that. My oldest daughter drinking herself to death, just drinking every day. My oldest son, he still don't believe it. His eyes stay bloodshot red. My other son is in, already is in, in jail. He got gone crazy. Him, the one in jail, my baby girl and my son that deceased was like triplets. They was real tight. They was just that tight, like a knot. And me, 
I cry every day. I've been crying every day since June the 28th, 2020. I go to the cemetery every 28th of the month. I just went Monday, storming, lightning, thundering. Molly, if the persons responsible for this crime could hear this tonight, what would your message be to those people that are responsible? I want to tell them they didn't just take a piece of me when they murdered my son. They took half of me. They took one of my precious five jewels of my life from me. I don't hate nobody in my life, but I hate you guys that stole my son's life from me and his siblings. They parents, they love wants to feel the pain and the hurt that I'm going through, that I'm feeling every day, knowing they still walking around. They can see their child. I had to go to a cemetery and see my son. Y'all was bold enough to murder my son in open broad daylight, early morning of the hour. Be brave enough and do the right thing and turn yourself in to give my son justice. Give me justice. Give my kids justice. I am so hurt. I cry every day about my baby. My baby didn't bother nobody. And for you cowards, to murder my son the way y'all did. I hate you guys. Ms. Gardner, we feel your pain and know that we're trying to do something about that. If we can do anything for you, you, you let us know. Yes, sir. Ms. Molly, thank you for sharing your story with us. We're going to be praying for you. God bless you, Ms. Gardner. Thank you so much. I just need justice. I want justice. You're welcome. Thank you, Ms. Gardner. Thank you. All right, Tony, when you look at these open homicide cases like this, uh, you know, I'm sure that they've been cold cases that have been uh, solved from a tip. When you talk to a person, what is it usually that after they have this information and it's been some time, what is it that ticks in a person to make them come forward with this type of information? I really don't know. Uh, sometimes it's, uh, it's different for different people. Uh, the last one, uh, that we had come forth. I think it was a homicide down in Covington, and the lady was close to the person. It was actual attempted murder, and she just didn't feel right, and she felt that in her heart that she had to tell someone, and she called us. And sometimes it's out of guilt. Sometimes it's out of hearing a person that's going through that need closure, that they're holding on to the information that they know they, they should have already told someone. And sometimes they, they're trying to wait until it dies down because they may be too close to the situation. Whatever it is, we try to provide a service where they can easily call, remain anonymous, and just get it off their heart. Now, I understand that Crime Stoppers has the reward out for information in this crime, but the city councilman from this district has also stepped up the reward? Yes, uh, City Councilman Mitchell, he's actually donated $1,000 for this uh, particular uh, reward. So that's in addition to the 1000 that we always offer. Now the reward stands at $2,000 for anyone. All they have to do is just tell us what happened and time when they charge someone with the crime, not the actual conviction, but actually charge them with the murder. Uh, we're giving them $2,000 within 30 days. And that person, you don't have to have your identity blown or be known in the neighborhood or anything. You could remain anonymous, right? Because of our social media app, the investigator can actually talk to you or communicate with you through the app. 
So really, you don't even have to show up. You can just remain on your cell phone or at a computer and talk to the uh, investigators as they ask you questions in real time. Is there anything else that you could add about this case and similar open homicides that are happening in our city, Tony? It's sad to say that it happens so much. A lot of them sound the same. A lot of them go together. A person was living their life and it just cut down short because of uh, gun violence. It could be a number of things of why, but someone witnessed it. Someone was actually there and they didn't tell anyone. Hope that justice could be served for Miss Molly Gardner and her son. Very touching and sad story to hear today. But this is the place where people can come forward with those tips that will lead to healing in a situation like this and justice for the family of the person that was murdered. Now, we also spoke with Councilman Aronde Mitchell, who I understand he donated to the, to the reward money for this case. Yes, uh, out of his funds, uh, he donated, donated $1,000 for the arrest of any suspects that's involved. Now, what, what does that bring the total amount in this case up to? Crime Stoppers always gives $1,000 for any homicide that occurs within one year. And his 1000 brings it up to $2,000. So right now we're at $2,000 for any information that leads to the arrest. All right, $2,000. And remember, you could remain anonymous. Your identity doesn't have to be known. Let's get into our call with Councilman Aronde Mitchell. Councilman Mitchell, we was wondering if you had uh, about five minutes to do an interview on the uh, Gardner case. Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, Councilman Mitchell, we're talking about uh, the, the Gardner case. Of course, this shooting happened on June 28th on Oakley Road. I guess, is that the Regency Park neighborhood? Yes, sir. Uh, Councilman Mitchell, I guess you've been in contact with the family. What could you tell us about these unsolved murders like this and just the holes and the grief that they bring to the community? Well, first of all, it's, it's heartfelt when you speaking to Keyshawn's mother, Ms. Gardner. You know, I can hear, hear her frustration with Montgomery Police Department. She feels like everybody has failed her, and that's a sad feeling. To carry that burden, me being the city council person in that district, I'm doing everything possible and in my power to try to clean up Reese Park. He was one of the reasons that I went to the mayor and went to Chief Finley and asked for that extra detail in Reese Park because Keyshawn was killed. And on a Sunday at, you know, around 12 o'clock when most of us are watching football or getting prepared for Sunday dinner. So that was just something that set on my heart and on my mind. I was ready to jump into action. And I hate that Ms. Gardner feels that city has let her down. I'm trying to make sure that we keep Keyshawn's name in the public as much as we can. That's why I got with Mr. Tony Garrett with Crime Stoppers, you know, to offer that donation. And to see, can we get any kind of tip to give this family the answers that they're seeking and looking for? And Councilman, uh, I know you're not a stranger to this type of thing because you donated in the past to Crime Stoppers on two previous cases we had earlier this year. And both of those cases turned out bad, but your assistance, we were able to get tips in that actually helped solve those crimes. And those were turned out to be homicides. Yes, sir. And, and I just feel that people are more comfortable calling crime stoppers or talking to Mr. Tony Garrett than they would detective or any any part of law enforcement because, you know, I don't know why 
And I just said the black community don't feel comfortable. And, you know, some of the things that they see in the media for law enforcement, but all of that's not true. And that's why I lean so much on Crime Stoppers with Mr. Tony Garrett to, to be that bridge, be that buffer that, you know, the city of Montgomery and my community needs for solving some of these unsolved crimes. Councilman Mitchell, uh, what do you think that community members can do to try to, to help get these kind of kind of issues and crimes out of the communities? Get involved. We know who's in our neighborhood doing what we don't want them to do. We know who's breaking into our houses. We know who's selling those drugs. We know who's doing those shootings. We have to stop being afraid to get involved. We have to um, stop being afraid to speak up and stand up. You know, that's the only thing. The police cannot police this. Well, we have 250-some residents in the city of Montgomery. We have 400 officers. No matter what you do, they cannot be everywhere. But we have to start getting involved. We have to pick up the phone and say, hey, this is what I see. Uh, This is what I observe. we got to get involved. That's the only way we can get rid of crime totally. I know we always say, see something, say something, but you can do even more is don't be afraid. Um, yes, sir. That's the first thing that a criminal wants is your, you to be scared. When you show that you're scared and afraid and you don't want to communicate with the police or the authorities, they're winning. So we want you to stand up for your community. We want you to call Crime Stoppers. We want you to call 911. One day, we, hopefully, we won't need Crime Stoppers because People are standing up to these thugs that are trying to take over. I'm Jerome Jones. And I'm Tony Garrett. And remember, if you see something, say, say something. something. Thank you for listening to Central Alabama Crime Stoppers podcast. We are a nonprofit organization serving the state of Alabama. If you have any information regarding a crime, please contact the police or Crime Stoppers using our anonymous 24-hour tip line at 215-STOP, area code 334, by downloading our P3 Tips app from your app store. When you call... Be sure to receive a tip ID and password in order to dialogue with investigators in case there is a follow-up question. You can also contact us at our toll-free number at 1-833-AL1-STOP or visit our website at 215stop.com and follow us on Facebook at Central Alabama Crime Stoppers. Always remember, if you see something, say something. And hey, yo, Nick, run it back. <laughs>